Hey, everybody, you are kicking it with the homeboys. We thank you for joining us today. My name is Clint Weatherill. I'm here with my homeboy, Scott Adams. What's up? Living the dream. How are you doing, my friend? I'm good. I'm good. I've had a lot going on here lately. Yeah, well. Trying to get a car. It's not going very well. We were just talking yeah. about that before we started filming. I'm still a little yeah. worked up. Yeah, we just got off a phone call where they told us, uh, yeah, you can buy the car, but you have to also pay us in addition to paying full price for the car. Correct. It's like extortion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we we, um, did, we compared it to what we do. So we've been very blessed with a lot of demand for our, our properties for over 10 years of, of these turnkey single-family residential properties we sell. And it would be like us, all because we have a waiting list, it would be like us saying, yeah, you can pay full price, but you also have to give us another ten grand because there's that much demand. It's a weird thing to me. Well, I'm in a pickle because we need a car. Right. Like, our, our, our car keeps breaking down. We were at the Opryland Hotel this past weekend, lovely getaway, little plug for uh, – you know, the Gaylord Opryland Hotel down there. But uh, two different occasions, we had the valet bring our car around, and by the time we got to the car, five minutes after being brought around, it wouldn't start. Battery was okay. You know, but anyhow, this is the 10th time in a couple of months. We've talked about it. I'm pissed about it. I, <laughs> I'm tired of, you know, I'm worried about my wife getting stranded with our two young daughters. But I don't know what the heck to do for getting a vehicle. Like, I don't like getting pushed around by these these car dealers saying, "Okay, well, you have to pay a dealer premium that's five to ten thousand dollars over the sticker price, or you order it and you know you've uh, you got to wait till we're on Social Security basically to get the car delivered to you." It's crazy. It's crazy, and it's it's that way in real estate too. I, th- I think people are are uh, they're just going along because they have to, and I think. Guys like you and I really struggle with it more than most because. But what am I missing? These cars are a hundred grand, and like you can't get them. Like, who are these people that are all gobbling up? I mean, I know there's a chip shortage and all this crap, but I mean, still, like, you can't get a car. Like, and the used cars are just as much as a, as the new. Well, I I think that is today's topic in a way because people are over leveraging to buy too much nice stuff. They're, they're borrowing too much on cars. They're doing it for too long. They're borrowing too much on home purchases and, and financing too much and refinancing the cash out. They're leveraging their lives in a way that you and I think is fundamentally going to hurt them in the long run. Okay, so we're diving in. Yeah, I, I guess gonna, so. I was going to ask about, <laughs> I was going to, you know, ask about how your family is and everything. Yeah. Everything's good in your world, right? You know? I, yeah, I've, I've got no complaints in life. You know, we got a car that runs. My car starts. I've, I'm on my. We have the same exact car. We buy two of everything. Mine has less miles than than the one his wife is driving, but it's had the same starting problems too. Yeah. And this is not. A, these are not cheap cars. It's ridiculous, and so it's very frustrating. But other than that, my life is great. Yeah. Good. Okay. I wanted to. I wanted to cover that before we yeah. just dove right into this. You know, but I'll start off by saying, I agree with everything that you. You know, you were saying about, you know, be, being over leveraged. But I want to go ahead and first throw out that we did a we did an episode of More on Real Estate the other day, which to our listeners that don't know, that's a, a something that we do that we call out different skits that are online and uh, because there's so much bad advice out there. We're out there, you know, calling them out. You know, if you're going to put a bunch of bogus crap on the Internet, you know, the homeboys are going to come tell you about it. Right. But uh, 
But anyhow, it came to leverage, and this 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 uh, lady had posted something, and there was music playing in the background saying, "You look so <laughs> dumb right now." And it's because someone was saying that they were going to get a traditional mortgage or something, you know, on a, on a piece of property. Yeah. And, you know, she was... They were putting uh, a, a, a normal amount of down payment. Down payment is what it was. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, just a normal amount. Correct, correct. Just a normal. And, you know, you look so dumb right now. But there's like a, you know, a, a million views and all these, right. you know, hey, cool right. video. Right. And it's literally some of the dumbest real estate advice that I can possibly think of, but... There's a huge camp that's on board with this. Right. It's like sweeping the real estate, you know, community that if you have, you know, any equity, if you have any cash out of your pocket, you know, then you're stupid. Right. You look so dumb right yeah. now. Or, or you're you holding know, yourself like, back. The, you could be so much further ahead. You could own so many more properties if you just leveraged them and leveraged them and got more and then refied and got that cash out and then use that cash to buy more and then leverage and leverage. It's incredibly popular and it's incredibly bad. But we've been on this elevator ride where houses have gone up in value for long enough now, basically since 2008, a straight line up that people have forgotten. They've forgotten that it doesn't always go straight up. And if you're over leveraged and things don't go straight up, you're screwed. So that's what you're it screwed. is, right? I mean, we've we've seen 12, 13, 14, you know, year, you know, run up where it was gradually going up and then it's 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 shot up that people would you say people are getting by because of the run-up that this whole refi till you die is hidden for a while? Like it hasn't exposed the true, the true dangers of this haven't been exposed yet because of the run-up in real estate? They, of course they haven't been exposed. It works right now. Right. It works great. It, it seems like, well, yeah, of course it's smart. Look at this. I started with one house, and now I have four, and you're saying I'm an idiot? Well, if I would have done it your way, I'd only have one house. So it's it's kind of this excess more 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 mentality. Is that why it's so popular? I mean, like, sure. you know, it's is it because two um, you know uh, guys in their mid forties, you know, overweight and not much to look forward to, come on here and say it's a bad <laughs> idea that uh, that it's just some people can't get on board with that. <laughs> just change the channel. Me, little the do, sky is falling. Little do people know that you were really popular in high school, and I was a homecoming king. Like oh, you were. <laughs> we need to bring your scepter in here sometime. He has the scepter. He has the scepter at home. Ain't getting rid of it, man. It's mine. You know. It's mine. But you know, is, are, we, are we just like is that is that not cool? And like people don't want to hear like Correct. you know the truth. Like you know. Yeah. Nobody. I'll tell you what's never been attractive solid financial conservative advice mm -hmm. it's never sold it never does and that's the same thing true with real estate you know people are looking for the flashy get rich now how do you do that that stuff sells and the truth is though the people that we know that have built real estate wealth know how bad that advice is they are long-term real estate investors looking for the building of wealth through long-term holding of appreciating assets in good areas you know and that isn't what sells what sells is you know buy a rental you can cash it out and your tenant pays off your mortgage and you can buy another one you know nobody likes to talk about well what happens if there's just a small pullback in the market say five percent 
a 5% pullback, which it's going to happen. You know, 5% is nothing. Markets are cyclical. They do go up and down. And when it happens, you're going to be upside down in not just the one property. You're going to be upside down in seven because you hit, you know, reaching for the stars. I think we're like an old married couple because I was getting ready to go to where you just went. So, you know, we've talked, all right, we've had, let's call it 14 years. We kind of used that 2008, you know, um, right. it really kind of, you could say nine or 10 is whenever it really, but wherever, say, right. you know, 12, 14 years, whatever it is. It has run up, so people have forgot. And I think you're right. You know, people's, you know, memory is is very selective, very short, including mine. But I lived through the Great Recession, um, you know, learned a lot, you know, didn't get buried alive like a lot of people did. So I think it's, it's as did you. So now we can talk about it. So let's just say that... How how far backward do you well our real estate doesn't go backward so much you know here in Indianapolis no. but let's just let's let's just say it's it's five percent that's that's very conservative okay. so so now you're you're leveraged you know to the to the hilt you've refied you know till you die you have a two hundred thousand dollar you know investment and now it's worth you know one ninety right okay so then it's worth one ninety. You have less buyers because it's going to happen at some point. I mean, people think that all these people are going to continue to buy this. It's not going to happen. So then you're at 190, and then you've had a life event that happens, and you got to get out, right. you know, for whatever reason. Then there's 7% real estate commission, 5% right. real estate com- somewhere in there. Inspection you know, repairs. You know, closing costs. Closing costs. Inspection repairs. So if, you've, if you have refied till you die – and then you're upside down on this house on a two hundred thousand dollar home, you know you're bringing twenty five thousand dollars to the closing table just to get out. Yes, you are, and you're going to have to do that multiple times because most likely you refied in order to do this again and again and again. You know, traditionally that's what we see the the kind of person that that refies and pulls cash out is somebody who does it over and over. Most people don't just buy one house and then do that. They create a they create a world of a mess for themselves, and you know a lot of times if you're on the edge like that and you're pulling cash out of houses in order to repeat, you're not going to have a lot of savings or otherwise you'd be using that instead. And so if the market goes down and there's you know vacancies and you know things get bumpy for a little bit, you're screwed. I mean, because you're going to have to bring money to the table to close these. And if you can't cash flow those to survive through that period, you know, you're sunk. And we have seen it. I can't explain how common it is, how many times we've seen this. How many of, I know some really, really smart real estate investors who, a lot of them taught me a lot in my early career who did that stuff. And they're gone now, you know. We saw one hobbling into our office not long ago to try to borrow personal money from me, you know, who was at his peak, you know, in the, in the, I believe he, he broke about $50 million of net worth, you know, and, and he, he doesn't have two dimes to scratch together because he refied over and over and over until the pop happened. And had he not done that, he would have been fine. He would have been worth still 25 to 30 million, but he went from 50 to zero, right. zero. It, people don't understand how easy it is for things to go backwards 
if you have if you are over leveraged in your real estate portfolio they don't understand how quickly things can go south you have to build in those cushions why not just pay off your real estate you know in advance so i'm not saying that every dollar that comes in on that real estate um you know has to go right back into that that exact property that's what we believe in we don't believe in pulling our money out of those houses. We believe in building wealth through that. And then you can sell it. You know, we don't we don't take cash flow out of the properties we own. We just don't do it. We do accelerated debt paydowns on anything we own if there's debt on it. And that property, whatever income it brings in, goes back into the property, period. You don't even have to be that, you know, conservative. You could take you could use some of the cash flow as long as you're paying down your debt. But don't do the opposite. Don't be pulling that equity out. Leave some of it in there for the downtimes. Well, Even I mean, because it's a good investment. We could easily, um, you know, we're giving away some of our, uh, you know, market secrets here uh, with how our company's set up. But, you know, you and I take a, a, a modest, um, you know, income that, I mean, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, uh, you know, uh, throwing Jay-Z type parties. You know, if we wanted to, to, to quadruple that, um, or ten times that, and easily, a, you know, you know, we could, we could do that. But you know, I think it's about living within within you know a person's means, and you know, I just don't. Be- I believe in financial security, but I don't believe in um, making it rain in a Las Vegas right. you know nightclub and drinking a one thousand dollar bottle of champagne. And I think a lot of people think that's sexy. I think that's a very lonely place for people. Oh. Um, to, to be fair, though, we've both been we've both been there. Yeah, you a lot more than me. You were, yeah. you you yeah. you were so immature for for so long that like uh, <laughs> like you know, I didn't grow up till like, I was like literally. Thir- when did I meet my wife? So uh, yeah, uh, thirty. I I didn't grow up till I was. In yeah, my but you had like rich friends, like right. you know, like you know, where I'm from, the rich people were the teachers, you know, kids, you know. It's well, like, farmers. You, you grew know, up we had farmers. farmers. We did. We did have yeah. wealthy farmers. But, you know, those wealthy farmers, they're, they're not out making it rain in a Las Vegas right. nightclub. I can guarantee you that. Right. You know, they're they're out putting hay up. Yeah. Um, yeah, I experienced why that life is attractive because I was surrounded by people who did that, mm-hmm. you know, and, and lived that way. And so I would tag along. So I got to see it. It's empty, you know, and it looks great on TV. And I understand why the Insta lifestyle is, you know, so popular. You know, you want to show off what you what you got, but you know, maybe it just makes us old fuddy duddies to, uh, you know, to believe in living conservatively and well within your means. But the peace of mind that it brings, you won't believe, you know. But, and you, you know, can still have that stuff. Know, but we're, I mean, we're successful, right? You know, we are building. Um, we have, you know, 500, uh, apartments in the works, you know, right. this year, um, you know, big stuff. Uh, but you know, we, we, we live within our means. I don't, I'm, I'm glad you got it out of your system, you know, at <laughs> right. early age. I've heard the stories. We could, right. we could turn that into a couple episodes of the podcast. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, but we live, we, we live smaller. We had sell a... it to Scorsese and do Wolf of Wall Street too. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if it was that but, bad, uh... but it, it was bad. But, but we had a, a meeting this morning with, with one of our banks that we're doing a, a development project with. And I was talking to them after the meeting. I'm not sure if you heard, we were talking about how people finance cars now for 80, what, how many? 84 months. 84 months. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, 
it was interesting to see the reaction because I said, you know, I also believe that currently banks are loaning too much on on the what a house is worth, um, and people are are uh, buying more house than they should because they have to. If, if you're a first time home buyer, well, like, what you are you going to do? Right, you've got to spend three in our area three hundred fifty right. for a starter home that a couple years ago was two hundred, and so and their reaction was very interesting to hear it. They they didn't agree, you know, but they're the bank. Like, made, what do you mean? I don't know. They they said, well, there's a lot of fundamental differences between 2008 and now, which is true, and uh, and that that people are aren't uh, buying you know ten homes like they used to. It's only one. But my argument back is okay. Mm-hmm. They're still buying more house than they should be able to qualify for. Mm-hmm. You and I talk. I, I bring it up all the time, but I get online sometimes, and I I went to Rocket Mortgage and put, put in my info to see what I was approved for, and I'm not going to say the number, but just suffice to say. They had no business offering me a mortgage at this amount. I mean, it's insane what just because you're approved for a certain amount doesn't mean you should leverage your personal home that high to buy it, you know, and that's a hard thing to do. You know, you, you and your wife go sit down with a mortgage broker and they're going to say, okay, we've approved you for 700000 You're not going to then go look at $300,000 houses. I'd argue with the bank that, you know, was here this morning, wonderful group of guys that were here. It's a neat um, bank, too. Great conversation. Family-owned bank. Yeah, yeah, really cool. $2 billion bank, I think. Pretty I think large. Right? For mm-hmm. One of the largest family-owned banks. Right. And, yeah. But, you know, I can go back to prior to the Great Recession. And so let's call, let's go prior to the Great Recession, let's say 05, 06, into 07, okay? The market wasn't just absolutely on fire in those years by any oh. stretch. You know, like like nobody was saying that this mortgage meltdown, this uh, the, the, these, these huge investment firms were going to collapse, the Madoff scandal. You know, no, one's, no one was saying that in 5, 6, 7. No one was saying this isn't sustainable. The Correct. rates are going, the, the appreciation and, is And the market much. wasn't just bananas. We were selling homes. Mm-hmm. You know, we, were, we were buying good values back then. Um, there was a know. few exceptions. There was California. I was buying properties in Port St. Lucie, Florida. Mm-hmm. Just a person would list their house for sale. I would buy it rip out the carpet and put in tile and some other little things. And by the time I put it back on the market, it had appreciated by $25,000. Okay. So there were small markets. Okay. That was a rarity. Yeah. I'm just talking That's you know, today. I'm, I'm giving you the Midwest example. Right. You know, so I'm going pre, pre-great uh, recession. Well, go fast forward to now, you know, 14 years or so. Right. Everything is bananas. It is freaking crazy, you know. You said we said that about that house in Fishers that I was I went to a, to a, a friendly gathering the other day, and it sold for three hundred three. You know, back in two thousand, you know, five six, I was buying homes like that. You were buying homes like that for seventy, you know, and now it's three hundred three. Like, I mean, I could build that house brand new right now for what one fifty. Right. 160. We had a meeting on that earlier today. Yeah, we could you build know. that house for 175. Yeah, yeah. With the, with the amenities and right. everything, 175. Yeah. It'll yep. sell for 303. You know, a little postage stamp lot. You know, I would argue with the bank that I'm going to compare today to the Great Recession, and there's a lot more indicators today 
that this market is going to crash than there were indicators in six, seven, and eight. Well, this pessimist isn't going to disagree with you. I'm a pessimist. I, I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm asking you to, to tell me why I'm wrong in thinking that. I you can't know? help Cause you Because, like, like, I mean, you know, people weren't uh, paying $50,000 market increase premiums to get, a, to get a Mercedes. You know, people weren't um, going $80,000 out of pocket above appraisal price to buy a house. Right. You know, this is chicken little shit, man, that's going right. on. <laughs> like, like, what is going on? out there that like I mean it's an indicator to me like I said back then it was it was, it was modest like I, I've noticed that you and I talk a lot about this like at our lunches with friends and I've noticed you and I are the only two people that get upset about this with the cars we were talking about the cars at lunch today with, with that's three how friends. it is that's how it is they both they both said and so I, I I think back to this okay so my grandfather when it was time to buy a car what he would do is he would have saved up over the five years prior until he could afford to go buy a car, okay? You didn't get car loans. Wealthy people did, but a lot of people didn't get car loans. You saved up Correct. and once you had enough money, then you would go buy the car, okay? Then financing for cars became widely available to America, and we were like, holy cow, you can buy a car and pay over 36 months? I pay you over that long of a period? Mm-hmm. And then it went to, you know, 50-whatever, and then it went to 60. I remember when I was in high school being offered a, a – or sorry, college, a 60-month car loan, and I just was shocked that they would mm-hmm. do that. Now, it it's – so my point is credit has become available and addictive. It allows you to live above your means. And not only does it live allow you to live above your means, but everyone out there is – it's they're hypnotizing you and saying that's not living above your means. That is your means. That is how you're supposed to live. You're supposed to live with debt. Debt here, you get debt on your car. You get debt on your home. You get debt on your investments. That's your means. They're saying you live within the means of what you can afford for payments, and we fundamentally disagree with that. Fundamentally disagree with it. Right. And most wealthy people also disagree, but they don't talk about it. It's a, it's their secret. It's one of those secrets that you know every middle America and below is addicted to cheap money from banks, and the banks love it. Wealthy people aren't borrowing from banks. They're not saying, you know, oh, 3%, you know, I'll, I'll get a mortgage on my house and invest the rest in the S&P. You know, they don't use right. debt in, the, in that way. So we've just become addicted to it, and it's not healthy, especially not in your investments. Do not leverage in order to invest. It doesn't make sense. There's too much risk. Things go down in value. You know, we saw TikTok today where they said, well, if you can get a 3% mortgage and the S&P average is 8% or 10 or 11, whatever you want to call it, over which period you look at, you should just get a mortgage, refi your house, pull all the money out of your house at 3% because you're going to make, you know, 10% in the S&P. Think about all of that risk. The fact that people would even think to do that. Mm-hmm. You're using your house as your piggy bank and gambling all that money on the S&P going up at the same rate. Right. I mean, it's crazy. It's a, it's people just need to shift their minds. Come to our side. The, the water is warm. You don't get, you don't get to buy 10 houses your first year. I'm sorry. You don't get to have a Lamborghini that second year, but you can have wealth in a very short period. You start to build wealth up that fifth year is where you really do start to feel it. I think with us by 10, by the 10th year, you won't believe 
what your life can be like if you go conservative and you don't over leverage. Jedi, you know, yeah. they're 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 humble, and you know they do they do things slowly with no emotion. Yeah, you know, conservative. See that Justin Timberlake you know. movie where it's called? I think it's called In Time. Uh-uh. And uh, and st- the commodity is time. So you die when you run out of time. And so when you work, you get paid in time. And the wealthy people, they all move slow. They go have dinner. And, and there's some some correlation yeah. to 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 that too. You know, we slow I've, and steady wins the race. Yeah, I've been blessed to be around some really wise, I'm not good at them. wise wealthy mm-hmm. uh, folks who are very humble. And so you know, you you mm-hmm. you as well. It's very interesting. I really try to learn from them, and I know you do too. Oh, no doubt. I mean, I believe in slow and steady. I think that I run a little bit hotter than uh, than some folks, you know. But uh, but you know that I think that uh, you know it's it comes down to um, sometimes this leverage thing and this uh, this going to the the, the dark side. If I st- keep the, the the Star Wars analogy going on, I mean it's it's greed. And, yeah. you know, if, if you're going to be inspired by the quick buck, get greedy, just know that your time, you know, will run out at some point. Yeah. Um, I think that, that that going through the Great Recession was one of the best things that could have ever happened to me. And at the time, I thought it was the worst thing. Yeah. You know, I had a lot of stocks. I, you know, I, you know my story. You know, I lost right. 65% of my, my, uh, my investments, you know, through that. But it's made me a conservative investor to where now my financial position is, you know, res- more recession proof. And it's, it just offers a, a certain stability. Like, I'm just not in it for the, the quick buck. We've got to a point in our careers, and I'm very grateful for this, that we have people bringing us deals, developments, these sorts of things all the time. And I, and. Everyone thinks that we should just jump in and do everything. It's, oh, this is the greatest thing ever, and you do this. I'm like, yeah. look, man, you know, at the end of the day, you know, if I'm going to put X amount of risk in and I'm going to make, you know, 0.1X on my return on investment, I'm not interested. Even if even if that, you know, 0.1 is a six-figure, you know, pot of gold at the end of the rainbow or even a seven-figure pot of gold at the end of the rainbow, I'm like, it's, what's it going to do to me? Right. You know, and I just, I don't like having, having that risk. And people that are leveraged to the hilt at all times, you know, I couldn't sleep at night. And if they're, and if you are sleeping at night, I'm warning you that the sleepless nights are about to come. Right. You know, you're going to, you, you've got a bumpy road. When is that going to happen? You may, you may be calling him an idiot and me an idiot for the next five years. I don't believe that to be the case. I well, think that something will come within then, but maybe they look at it as well. It's, we can say that sitting from our pillars, uh, having, you know, 20 years of experience in this and having built our portfolio. But our argument back to them is this isn't because we have real estate. This is how we got to where we are. Dude, I started with a two door Ford Escort. That's right. You did. I got rid of everything that I had because I was scared yeah. I was going to go bankrupt. And I was selling piss biscuits and air fresheners by day and putting painting jeans on at night and weekends to get here. I know. You know, it's not, it doesn't, it doesn't happen overnight. But I can say that if you, if, if you do it the right way and slow and steady, you know, it took, it took uh, me a full year of remodeling homes before I would, was willing to pay for a paint crew. 
Right. You know, and I look back on that, like, how <laughs> no. crazy, you know. What would take yeah. me a month took them a day and a half. Yeah, you but, had uh, these habits, too, that were hilarious to me because you had made it at a certain point. You know, you and I, we're, we were friendly competitors, you mm-hmm. know, say about 15 years ago. We were having lunch a lot. And uh, and you would be at Menards picking out your own stuff still. And keep in mind, Correct. he'd already had a lot of success at this point. He didn't need to be at Menards anymore picking out his own stuff. And I, I always found it so entertaining that you would, like, go – Pick. I'd write the SKUs for each thing, um, you know, and if yeah. whatever it was, if it was light bulbs, I'd put the number Hilarious. for the SKU or hinges, I'd put the number, Hilarious. you know, countertop, you know, I'd, I'd do the whole thing and then I'd, I'd take it to the contractor sales <laughs> deck, desk, I'd have a, I'd have a, yeah. you know, a, a drop of uh, a material and you know, it's funny, you know, um, I'm not laughing at someone doing that. They should, that's how they should start. I'm laughing at the it fact took that me a long time to let it go. Yeah. That he hadn't let yeah, it, it took go. It me a long time a to let point. it go. But, uh, you know, I, I joke about it now. I look back and like, man, I was really happy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, back know. in those days, yeah. I had a lot less stress. Uh, you know, maybe, uh, you know, maybe I should uh, you know put my painting jeans back on and 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 go to work. Yeah, there's a lot of days you know, where cooler I think, a bush light right. and you know some Zeppelin playing and I paint know. some houses. There's a lot of days where you know when you've built a portfolio and, and a business like we have, you you dream of the days when you, it was just you rocking it out and making that cash. You know, there's a lot of responsibility to what we do. However. Mm-hmm. That's a good point, which is you can start where we did, which was with painting clothes on with one house, going to Menards, using your credit cards to buy houses, which are not to buy houses, but to, you know, buy the materials so you could get the points back. I mean, you're watching every penny. Oh, I'm getting those points I like know. you wouldn't believe right now. I mean, now, we man. were just, <laughs> every penny mattered. Oh, you yeah. Know? And uh, you can, bef- it can quickly get to a point of wealth and comfort, and you don't have to chase it using extreme debt please don't do it we've just seen it go wrong too many times you might get lucky and you buy at a period where it's 10 year appreciation but eventually it's going to bite you it just is gosh you look so dumb right now i know it's unreal <laughs> so dumb. Dumb right i now. can't you know I, that was a couple weeks ago she said to put down a hundred dollars you know, I'm list- I hear this all all, all yeah. day now. It's still eating at you. You look so dumb right now, and I don't know. Like I mean, just to look on her face, yeah. it oh, it just it makes my skin crawl. Like, because she was calling know. us dumb. Yeah, she. I mean, like yeah. what? Like, because we invest our money in real estate instead of just putting a hundred down and just leveraging it all. Right. Just leverage it all. Well, we don't claim to know everything. We have been doing this for a very long time. We know strategies that work. We believe in being conservative investors, and we still have a very good time as conservative investors. And it has awarded us some of the luxuries in life that we are very grateful for. But don't, don't, don't over-leverage yourself. It is going to go bad at some point in time, and you will regret it. At that point in time, don't be saying, if I'd only listen to the homeboys. That is our show for today. We thank you for joining us. Uh, please follow us at at the homeboys pod on Facebook and TikTok. Until next time, happy investing.